you know, it's it's really good, really, really good to be a disciple. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. You know, sometimes, like I said, life can feel like a movie. <laughs> you know, it feels like time is just sprinting. I can't believe I'm here, right? Right? It's December. It's it's crazy with so much stuff that just happens. Nuts, right? Like we we started off in the beginning planning for the World Discipleship Summit. We got through all that stuff, conferences and stuff like that. Passed. We're towards the end of the year. We got Christmas, Christmas coming up, the holidays, and you know it's just amazing. And you know, as we get to the end of this year, I do want to ask a self-reflecting question, right? Um, and that's how has it been going, growing in the areas you said you were going to grow in, in the year of 2022, right? And I want to say this. I want to start by saying, like, I'm certain that there are some great things that everyone in this room is thinking about right now of growing in and still continuously growing in. You know, maybe you want to grow in hospitality. Maybe you want to be more like Jesus in a way that you love people. You know, maybe you want to serve how Jesus serves. Or maybe you want to grow in your generosity, Right. I think it's safe to say that this is something that we all want and need to grow in. And I hope my hope and my prayer is that you'll be able to grow astronomically in these different areas of your life. Or maybe this is something that you want to grow in. It's growing in your faith. Hint, hint, wink, wink. The series we've been doing. <laughs> right. But however, and these things, these many different things in areas of our life that we want to, you know, we're thinking about and pursuing and growing in, especially our faith. I want to say that it will take humility to effectively grow in all these different things. And that's what I want to talk to us about in today's sermon. All right. Now, today's sermon will be a continuation of the series, Growing Faith and Growing in Your Faith. And, that and the title I have for us in this morning is titled, Having a Faithful Humility. And you guessed it already, right? The sermon, again, is going to be on humility. And I want to start off by saying this. This is absolutely something that I personally have not arrived at. Like, I'm continuously growing in these different areas of my life. You know, I am not a, you know, like a perfecter in this area. So many different ways. When I think I grew in hum humility in one area, there's a new area I got to grow in. <laughs> so it's like, you know, things pop, like continuously pop up. And I'm co constantly trying to grow in it as I speak. So I say this. You know, hold me accountable. Ask me questions too. How's it going, growing in your humility, huh? Right? And let's grow together as we uncloak this to, um, together in today's lesson, in today's sermon. And we're gonna do this with two points I got for y'all, all right? So if we wanna grow astronomically in our faith, we have to understand two things. The first point is true humility is monumental. And the second point is pride is detrimental. All right. And in this point, the first point I have, true humility is monumental. I want to get us right with knowing what true humility is over false humility and why it's important walk in virtue when we try to grow in our faith with God and our walk with God. All right. So let's dig into the first point by looking at a passage that describes humility incarnate. So let me bring you to Philippians chapter two, verses three to 11. All right. Y'all with me? All right. So Philippians chapter two, verses three to 11, I'm gonna kick us off. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, 
but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being a very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest places and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Amen. All right. You know, good night. Good morning. Thank you so much, y'all, for coming to service. I mean, that's all I have. No. <laughs> I mean, with, I think, with that verse, I don't, even, even as I read that, I don't even think I really have to say anything more. You know, if you really, really, really desire to grow deeply in your faith, and especially in the area of humility, I want to say it's Jesus incarnate full essence Jesus. Study Jesus' character. There's no one that walked through the face of this earth that carried immense power and at the same time was more humble than Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate example of humility. And as we talk about this topic of humility, I think it's only right to look at the Lord and master that we follow. All right. So, one thing I want to point out from the scripture is where it says Jesus humbled himself. It says he humbled himself, right? And if we were to take a step back and take a look at all of his characteristics that, you know, the scripture laid out before him, it says he was humble and that he took the form of a man. And get this, he didn't come as a more glorious creature, but as a man, as like us in this room. He had all the right and all the power to do so. He was humble in that he was born into an obscure, oppressed place. Nazareth, where is that? Right? Can anything good come out of that place? He was humble in that he was born into poverty among a despised people. He was humble in that he was born as a child instead of appearing as a man. Jesus could have just popped up out of nowhere like Elijah, came out the wilderness and said, hey, I'm here. Right? But he didn't do that. And on top of that, Jesus was humble in submitting to the obedience appropriate to a child in a household. I'm just, I just think about that sometimes too. I'm like, he, he made them, right? Like, why don't they obey him? But he decided to obey them. He was humble in learning and practicing a humble trade of, as a builder. He was humble in a long wait until he launched out into public ministry doing these things. He was humble in his companions and the disciples he chose. Right, he didn't choose like some glorious rabbis from Jerusalem or anything like that. He just chose ordinary fishermen, uneducated men, and uneducated people to follow after him. And they guess what? They changed the world from that too. He was humble in the audience he appealed to in the way he taught. He was humble in the temptations he endured and submitted to God, the Father. He was humble in the weakness, the hunger, the thirst, and the tiredness he endured. 
He was humble in his total obedience to his heavenly father. He was humble because he relies on his heavenly father to supply him everything he needed. He was humble in waking up before everyone else in the neighborhood because he knew he needed to spend time with his father before his day got started. He was humble in his submission to the Holy Spirit. He was humble in choosing and submitted to death on the cross. He was humble in the agony of his death. And he was humble in his shame, the mocking, and the public humiliation of his death. And extend experiencing spiritual agony of his sacrifice on the cross. And I think for me personally, we can imagine, right, Jesus. There was many other possible ways for him to do these things. Why couldn't he have done anything else the other way, right? He's the son of God. He could have done that. He, he could have done anything else, right? Right, he could, have, he could have added more humanity onto his 33 years and we would have had a thicker Bible, <laughs> you know, like more teachings and more, you know, like more miracles and things like that too. You know, he could have appeared before people in his transfigured glory. People would have like, oh no, something's up with this guy. We gotta listen to him, right? But instead he, he chose to appear as a man. He could, and he taught them patiently. He could have suffered for the sins of man so, like in a totally different other way, not publicly, not shamefully as a criminal on a cross, right? Yet he did not. He humbled himself and did it for the surpassing greatness of our salvation. And his work for us and to show us the extent of how much he loves us by going through an excruciating experience as to dying on the cross, right? And going back to Philippians 2, I know for me personally, again, looking at the scripture, I think it's just all too easy to look at it and just be like, just looking at the following description of Jesus and like, oh, that's cool. You know, Jesus is humble. I like that, right? Like step back a little bit and just see him. He's like, yeah, that's Jesus. He's humble and admire it from a distance. But God, I think God wants us to be awed by it, but also to see it as something that we must enter into and imitate. Let this mind, right, that pops up in Philippians 2. That's something we have choice about. Let this mind is also in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. This, to have this mind of Christ, right? This mind of Christ that we ought to have, this humility and all the humility that Jesus carries within him, that we ought to walk out, it will buck against the world and the world's version of humility and how the world thinks what true humility is, right? Y'all with me? All right, all right, just checking the pulse. There is no virtue. There is, when, when it comes down to growing in our faith of God and just trying to exceed and just continuously just getting stronger and falling deeper in love with who he is, there is no virtue that is more misunderstood and undermined than that of humility. You know, if we were, if we were to ask someone, like, just put yourself in, biblical, in, a, in your biblical sandals or shoes, right? If we were to go to Athens and ask somebody, you know, or, or just the average Joe. Well, if there's a Joe, you're not average. Just the average person, right? Walking the streets. On what they think about humility, we would get so many different responses from both groups, all right? 
the ancient Greek would have said that humility is something mean, it's something cowardly, it's it's cringing, it's groveling, it's low and selfish, it's a characteristic of slaves. And the modern day person on the street would probably say that humility is a low estimate of someone's merits, right? A sense of inferiority, or maybe like, you know, soft, passivity, a little passive, you know, you know it's all right kind of thing. But I wanna say this, those are false traits of humility. That's not humility at all. If you wanna grow in your faith, that's not what it's gonna take. Jesus did not display any of those traits when he walked the face of this earth, right? Though he made himself a slave to all, he goes down as greater than any king that roamed the earth. If you want to have substantial growth as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus, even if you're studying the Bible, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, humility is essential for your faith. Let's say, for example, we got a couple of doors around, right? Like if y'all were to look at these doors and let's say the king himself, if Jesus were to bust open the doors in, in this specific room, sit right down next to you or stand right next to you, right? And look you right in the eyes, would he see a humble man or woman? Think about this for a minute though too. Think about who Jesus is as well. If the one that spun galaxies like pizza dough, right, and spit out stars like mouthwash, right, went as far to becoming a man, submitting himself to the Father, submitting himself to prayer, to gathering in the synagogue, aka church, with other devoted members to hear the word, did life with other people, had great relationships because he needed them, how much more than we? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says this, then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And you're probably asking, like, okay, cool, what does it have to do with humility? Why do you share this? So that we can see that unlike Jesus, all of us in his room have a humble origin. When God created man, he made him out of the most basic elements, Right? It says it right there. When God created man, he made him out of dust, dust of the ground. That's it, right? There's nothing spectacular about that. <laughs> we didn't come from anything else but the dust, right? There's nothing spectacular about that. Hopefully that doesn't discourage you. Hopefully this will encourage you. And the only thing that is spectacular about that is the way that God himself organized it and made us to be, right? When the Bible speaks of dust, it means something of little worth, right? Associated with loneliness and humility, usually when you find that in the Bible. You check out Genesis chapter 18, 27, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8, 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 2, if you want to look at that too. In the Bible, dust isn't something that's, you know, isn't necessarily evil, and it's not absolutely nothing, but it's next to nothing. And again, I, I don't say this to discourage y'all. And I'm gonna talk more about this in my second point, where pride tends to wear its ugly head in this area, but ultimately, hopefully that was freeing to hear on top of that. Because humility is freeing. When we realize that, 
and we take that into our minds and make and it is our reality and believe our reality it is ultimately freeing that's what humility is as well too humility is freeing having humility is the truth and guess what the truth does sets you free the most important truth any of us can ever know is that there is a god right but we are not him any confusion about either one of those things, it gets us into big trouble. Trust me, I, I got into a lot of trouble because of that. <laughs> and instead, we have the opportunity to mimic humility, and that's by looking at humility incarnate, Jesus Christ, our King. Because he exhibits humility through and through and shows us throughout the Bible that true humility is monumental. So how can we practice humility? How does it look like on our day-to-day as imperfect disciples of Jesus Christ? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Having humility in our relationship with God and having humility in our relationship with others. When it comes down to our relationships with God, do you acknowledge him one time throughout your day while you're having a quiet time or do you do it throughout your day? When you get ready to make decisions, do you go based on your own intellect and feelings, or do you get advice from the awe-inspiring word of God or from those around you? For the sake of our souls, we need to regularly bow our hearts down, right? It's Christmas. It's holiday season, too, coming up, right? Ultimately, that's going to be our heart posture. We need to continuously and regularly bow our hearts to our magnificent, awe-inspiring, and humble king. There are no human words that can describe who he is and how he has blessed us. Psalm 119, chapter 2. Psalm 119, verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. How often do you thank God for all the things he's given you? It's It's God's will that we continuously thank him in any and every circumstance. Because he knows this helps us our hearts and it keeps it in check right? As we humble ourselves, we will be surprised by how long our list of gratitude can go and how thankful we can actually be. I mean, if you, you probably have a Christmas list. If you don't have one, make a thankful list and see how long it goes too. Um, Because, you know, if you sit down, take a moment, you'll see how much things that God has come through for you, right? And continuously is coming through for you. First Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18, it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. So don't hesitate. Don't deflect giving praise to the most high, to God, our king, to Jesus, our king, and our father in heaven. He's the true source of all our talents and all of our gifts. Make an effort to truly thank and thank him for all the things you have and give all the thanks and glory to God who gave it to you. I think those are some practicals that can really help you in this walk and this journey of humility. In your relationships, are you humble? You know, going back, to, going back to Philippians 2, how often do you consider others? Right, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Right, humility is not thinking that others are more godly or more kind than you, nicer or more intelligent, better at cooking or sports, etc. They may be. They may not be, right? I don't want to deflect that either. Humility is when you consider other people's interests before your own. Thinking what is best for the other person and acting on that. What do they need? What is best for them? 
It doesn't mean you don't look after yourself. I mean, we have to, right? But even coming into service today, like what Jahel was saying in the message too, how much do you empty yourself before coming here today? Choosing to serve others. How can I bring this up in a conversation? What will encourage this brother and his sister today? When we serve others, we are serving God's purpose in their lives. And doing so reduces our focus on ourselves and and builds the kingdom of God as a whole. Amen? All right. How about advice? Seeking advice. That's big for me personally, too. Right? I got to continuously grow on that. Seeking advice can, can bring victory and wisdom from other people's successes and mistakes, though. Advice and input should be weighed heavily, believe so. But people are ultim- and people are ultimately responsible for the decisions they make. But heeding advice from spiritual advisors and disciples can be a great act of humility, wisdom, and trust in God. Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. Right? The importance of humility is directly related, though, to the deadly consequences of pride. And I'm going to get into that. Pride separates us from God as we do not acknowledge and appreciate the eternal sovereignty of our Lord. Therefore, the importance of humility is seen in the deep gratitude we hold and proper recognition of God's divinity and his love for us. Now, this being said, I want to jump into my second point. And in my second point, it's pride is detrimental. Don't believe me? Just watch. No. (laughs) But check this out. Proverbs 16, verse 5. And if you can, flip there or swipe there. I think that would be cool, too, because I want to read this in three different versions. So let's do it in our classic NIV first, okay? Can y'all hear me as well, too, without the mic? Okay. So let's, let's, let's check this out in Proverbs 16, verse 5. So the NIV. That's the first thing we're going to check out. And it says this. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. So that's the NIV. If you ever watch Dragon Ball Z, I take this from like, like Super Saiyan 1, Super Saiyan 2, and 3, because it just, get, it just escalates from here. So let's move over to the, to the NASB. It says, everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, wow, that's kind of intense, <laughs> right? Abomination? That's wild. Lastly, the Amplified Version. And look at this. This one almost like made me step back. I had to put it down my Bible. I'm like, oh, wow. All right. It says this. Everyone who is proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. Be assured you will not go unpunished. That's some strong language when I looked at that. To describe how God feels about adopting an attitude that isn't humble, but prideful. Right? Of all the sins in the Bible, there's a lot. Pride is perhaps the most dangerous, right? Multiple, multiple times, the Bible tells us that God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. 
check out Proverbs 3.34, James 4.10, and 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 to 6. What is pride? Pride is independent. It doesn't listen. It's not, it's not willing to, oh, it's not willing to see differently. Thank you too, Phil. <laughs> you know, it, pride thinks it knows best. Pride is concerned with self and not willing to be vulnerable with God or with anyone else. Pride will eat you alive and will take you out. It's better to be wrong and humble than prideful and right. And our mistakes and incompetencies, you know, if we were to make those really bad choices, really bad decisions, and still be humble about it, still get open about it, still pray to God about that, we're in a better position for God to bless us in that than if we are prideful after making a great decision. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 11.2. Pride is everything opposite of what we see and ought, and ought to follow in Jesus. It's the opposite of Christ, right? Pride is so deadly because it loves the world and the things in the world. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. You know, pride seeks accolades instead of God's approval. You know, we see that in our social media-driven society today, right? People do all manner of activities and things for some likes and comments on their, on their pages, right? You know, they, it's, it's more experiencing and having a joy of gratification that comes through likes and follows than pleasing God, walking with God, living fulfilled in God and with him and his people, Right? The God that created our sense, senses, our taste buds, and everything we enjoy. When we allow ourselves to be filled up with him, we experience the fruit of joy and an awesome relationship with him. But when we allow ourselves to be filled up with pride, it leaves us empty. And, but, and if we empty ourselves, we will be filled up with humility. Pride is dangerous and is detrimental. And it will pop, and it can pop up in many different forms. One form that I am well too aware with for myself is insecurity. And let me break it down: insecurity. You know, many don't many don't expect to find pride in their hearts. You know, when they're failing, <laughs> when they're failing, or you know, when some bad things are happening to them, and they feel insecure and everything like that too about themselves. You know, in fact, people some people often find view failure as an opportunity for humility. You know, um, when you tear yourself down this is what I learned when you tear yourself down you're being prideful you know you're prideful because you're self-absorbed you know you're focusing on self you know you're preoccupied with self the great secret to humility is not to focus on yourself at all but to fill your mind and heart with the glory of God revealed in the sin conquering death and resurrection of Jesus Pride is ultimately self-preoccupation. A prideful person thinks about themselves, you know, and ultimately forgets about Christ and, you know, what he says about us. So instead of rejoicing and just, you know, being happy 
and, and the success, the successes or some of the things, the good things that happens in our lives or in other people's lives as well, and trusting in God, a prideful person concerns only about themselves. True humility is to see ourselves as we actually are. You know, we're fallen in sin, we're, we're helpless without God. And, and biblical humility means believing what God says about you over anyone else's opinion, including your own. So yeah, that might be true, but there's also many other things that's true about us, right? You know, we're a royal priesthood. You know, we're, we're special. We're God's treasured possession. You know, we're his. He'll never leave us nor forsake us, right? To the very ends of the age, he'll be with us. Do you believe that? Do you believe the things that God tells you through his word? You know, to, to be biblically humble is to be so free of concern from your own ego that you unreservedly elevate those around you. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For, the, for by the grace given me, as I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And security. It's a big one. It's subtle and it looks humble, but it's not. Pride, pride can creep into our relationships and little by little rot, taint, and destroy them. Now, while pride causes us to filter out the evil that we might see in others, it also calls out calls us to filter out God's goodness in others as well. We sift them. Letting only their faults, their falls, their failures form into our perception of them. And if we're not careful, sometimes we could grow a root of bitterness towards a brother or sister and allowing that bitterness to rest on our conscience without addressing what's actually going on at hand. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves. It's my nature. It's, it's a lot of our natures in here, you know, to be proud. And it's God's nature in us that brings humility. But we have to commit to a lifestyle of daily dying to ourselves and living, knowing, and understanding that humility is monumental and pride is detrimental because that is the foundation for faith, for true growth, for true humility. If you want to dive deeper into this, I mean, I, I did a lot of scripture, scripture digging around. I, I shared a lot of scriptures and things like that too. And one of the greatest things that helped me out too is the Prideful Souls Guide to Humility book. You know, that thing sith me out. <laughs> and it's still sifting me out as I read it, but it's freedom. It's, it's freeing to know and understand humility and to mimic and imitate it as well, too. You, the holidays are coming up. You know, all of us are going to be surrounded by family members and by friends, by each other, even, too, you know, and we got some amazing things coming up for it as well, too. But, you know, who can you serve? during that time? Who can you love during that time? How can you, how, how will you consider yourself lower than your, your maybe mother, your uncle, 
your whoever it is, your loved one, right? How will you display humility in these uptime, upcoming, upcoming times, even though the holidays are more self-occupied, right? Get gifts. Give me, you know, it's more, you know, let me get the gifts. You know, give me the gifts. But how will you be a gift to those around you as you display your faith, but also your faith and humility as well, too, right? So my encouragement, you know, even with that being said, is when we, when we meet with our family, when we, when we meet with those who, you know, we love, is, you know, let's display humility, right? Let's, let's find these ways to really encourage the people around us and be a blessing in their lives. And in that, you know, God, just like Jesus, you know, will give us opportunities to, you know, display not just his glory, but even lift, up, lift us up in those hard times as well. And, you know, I just want to say, Jesus is the greatest demonstration of this. Check him out if you haven't already, right? Humility in essence. He went as far as going to the cross, making himself nothing so that we can be something, right? And everything to God. So that's all I have for you, family, today. You know, in, in some way, shape, or form, I hope this helps and this gets your heart ready for this upcoming holiday as well, too. But thank you for letting me be here and preach in front of you all, too.